0: A wonderful man is Dave Seaman, a wonderful man is he. Welcome to the next episode of Unessential Conversations, where I chat with Dave Seaman about McDonald's dinners in New York, getting into really exclusive clubs, winning competitions, editing MixMag, being part Brothers in Rhythm and Remixer to the Stars, and many, many other things. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, Here he is.
1: Hello. David. Hello there. The magic of modern technology. (laughs) amazing how are you man i'm all right yeah um yeah after like i say last week i came back from australia absolutely battered for a couple of days there I but bet i bet you were i think it's um i think a lot of it is to do with finally jet uh, uh like experiencing jet lag <laughs> because for 30 years my body clock has been all over the shop you know like uh, up early during the week and and um and then going to bed late at the weekends and then different time zones. It never really had a settled pattern. But right. of course, for the last two years, I've been in bed at 11 and up at 7. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so these these getting back on the road again is, has kind of been a...
0: It's a bit of a shock to the system, isn't it? A bit of a rude awakening, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, this is what Jetlag feels like. <laughs> I did, because
0: I thought about you, because on, on the Wednesday night, because we were meant to talk last Thursday, and on the Wednesday night I went to a gig up in Birmingham, and then the M5 was shut on the way back. Basically, I didn't get back till three in the morning. Yeah. So I slept for four hours. And I was a broken man. And I was thinking, yeah. Dave's just come back from Australia. Yeah. He's just done, what, three shows, four shows, five shows? And he's going to yeah. talk to me. I'm like, you must be built of greater things than I am.
1: Well, yeah, like I said, I think I'm still, I'm still in that. You know, I think it's match. You know, being match fit, I suppose. Yeah. You know, when pre pre COVID, when you're doing it week in, week out, your body just becomes accustomed to it, and you just get on a roll with it. And then take yourself out of that 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 uh, schedule, um, that uh, sort of ritual, yeah. and um and it has kicked me off the arse properly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm still I'm still getting used to that. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, but yeah I'm all, not yeah, surprised. We did come back with a bit of a. Well Steve was really wiped out he's only just really getting going but for a couple of days there I was yeah struggling a bit but anyway,
0: yeah I bet. but the shows went well yeah
1: yeah really good yeah yeah good. got the uh, celadoria thing off the ground um which is kind of our our way of you know getting getting label nights going really basically yeah yeah, yeah. Live events perfect kind of going so it was uh, it was really good, yeah. It was really nice. Really? It's really nice to. That's the other thing I've, I sort of found from from doing three D with Danny and Darren as well. I, I kind of really do enjoy more now. The older I get, traveling with a little group of people is much more fun. Being on tour than being out on your own.
0: It's a lonely game, isn't
1: it? The DJ yeah. thing, yeah, it I can mean, be. Not, not that I'm. I'm pretty happy with my own uh, and my own uh, company. I'm, I've always got loads going on, plenty to get on with. But um, but it's much more enjoyable if you if you're experiencing these things with with friends definitely together and yeah it's just it's just more fun and i think this this stage in the game i'm all about having as much fun (laughs) (laughs) and and, less having to do it all by myself yeah yeah
0: Yeah. because it is yeah i mean i remember that it's just all that there's a lot of time you've got to be happy with who you are and your own company Mm. um to kind of survive it yeah but I think there's definitely a point where you think, oh, actually, it'd be quite nice to do this with mates. Yeah. It's a lot more fun. Gives it that band yes. feel as well, doesn't it, when you're touring? Yeah, and...
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, like ask me again know. in a year or so. I might be sick of the sight of them all. But um... <laughs> <laughs> well, Maybe it's about
0: having the best of both worlds, a little bit of this, a yeah. little bit of that. It? Yeah. And is yeah. your diary got looking all right for the rest of the years? It's sort of piecing yeah. together slowly.
1: Yeah, Good. yeah. I mean, I haven't gone out and hammered it. I haven't really tried to go out and get as many things as possible. As I say, I'm sort of just getting my... Foot in the door and just easing my way back in.
0: Yeah, if I'd yeah. jump
1: straight in the deep end, I really would be struggling a bit. Um, no, of course. And and um and also, I'm, uh um, uh, Jesse's, is doing well with what she's doing as well. That yeah. kind of all took off for her during COVID, so I'm not having to to be the sole breadwinner, so I can you know we can share yeah. it. Yeah. I can Spend more time yeah. at home, so so I'm just kind of just letting it kind of naturally unfold. Yeah, fair play. Letting, That's the, a way nice, to do. It. The nice nice position to be in, I suppose. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. a
0: lovely position to be in. Yeah, you get in the room and time to get much production done. Uh,
1: we've done a little bit of stuff recently. I've been doing some stuff together with Steve. We did um a thing together for it was Celador's 150th release, um, a little bit earlier in the year. So we thought it be, might be nice to get together and do something as a and so we sort of launched a a, a, a name together and nunchy coo is what we we did a couple okay. of under under um so we're going to do some more of that and i've been doing some stuff too with john graham with quiver as well oh, yeah yeah i'm yeah. um, over with john again next week that's more of an album project that's been going on from that started through covid um so um and we're not getting together we only get together sort of every six weeks or so so it's taking time um but um but yeah really pleased with that that's kind of good quite wide in its um in its scope of you know all sorts of stuff going on there John, going on. yeah not not necessarily just strict strict dance music so um, okay
0: and when so, you yeah. say you're back together with steve you mean steve Anderson? no steve parry oh steve, steve parry, parry Okay.
1: Again. i mean i have been doing yeah for, for because of the cellar door thing we decided to do some stuff together but i mean i've been working with steve anderson again a little okay. bit through the, through the lush classical stuff um <sighs> steve's kind of out of out of dance music really and has yeah. been for a long time um but still, very much, you know, Cali's musical director still still puts on a lot of shows for like, you know, big pop acts and things. So, um, so yeah, his he loves doing, you know, putting putting shows together, music, yeah. musical director for shows. So okay. when we had an opportunity to do this kind of dance music on with an orchestra thing, it, it was a natural call. Call in uh, Lush in Northern Ireland asked me if he if I'd be up for doing something for their twentieth anniversary and that was 2016 um and we've been doing uh, doing a few more since i mean the last couple of years obviously we've got um got uh, cut, hit by covid but we're we're back doing, doing an outdoor gig in belfast in june okay in gardens and the arena, Belfast arenas, yeah, sold out from from two years ago. This is, I think, this is the way forward. Actually, you should put shows up, on sale two years in advance because yeah. I've had quite a few things that have been sold out. But yeah, the promoter said to be fair, i this is the third shot at it, so I've had plenty plenty of chance to sell the tickets.
0: But, um, yeah. yeah, you need you need time nowadays. You know yeah. it's just so hard to predict what's uh, the what it's all going to look like in three months' time. I guess exactly. Um, oh, good. Well, I'm glad that's all going well. Yeah, and so- all going well. and i appreciate you coming in and doing this yeah, no, and i'm still finding my feet really or it's finding its feet on what is actually really going on um and obviously <laughs> it was born out of lockdown and like you things have sort of dried up for me a bit just in terms of travel certainly um and i just started talking to people and that's really all i'm doing is just talking to people and um there seems to be uh, an audience for it who want to listen to it. And um, yeah. and that's where we are. And that's what we're doing.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I've listened to quite a few myself. People have, you know, Steve, Steve Anderson's been doing a podcast through. Have seen it idea, yeah. really, Okay, I'll check that out. A good, such a good feeling, it's called. I, I did I did one with oh, okay. him. He's interviewed lots of interesting people um, from Julian Mendelssohn to... Paul Wright, who used to be our engineer to people who are choreographers and, and string arrangers and all sorts, just how, how oh, wow. they how they, they got their break in the industry, really, yeah. They made their, their mark. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good. You should have a listen. Yeah. Good. So, no, I will
0: I've just written it down and checking yeah. out actually. Pop it yeah, on. there's
1: quite quite a few. I mean podcasts are becoming are becoming the thing, aren't they? For
0: well, it's like, a lovely thing. I started getting into listening when the lockdown thing happened and um, and people have got so much to say. And I guess what it's done is enabled me to speak to people who then maybe can talk about something that, you know, maybe their fans aren't necessarily aware of about them and that kind of thing. And it's sort of yeah. broadened the horizons a bit. Yeah. What, I guess that's where we're going with it. Yeah. And um, certainly the last couple with Frank and Adam have been precisely that. So I'm just going to continue yeah. down that road. It's been yeah. a lot tricky to pin people down this year though than it was last year. Yeah,
1: sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Last year, I was like, yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. But now yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. know, it takes months.
1: <laughs> Five minutes. If you got to go we you'll do it right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Um, I was thinking about the first time we met. Um, and I think the first time we met was in um, the Midwest somewhere, um, late 90s. A Yumi, Timo, and some other people were playing a rave for cars basically, in some barn somewhere, I seem to recall.
1: Oh gosh, the, that was that wasn't the one that was in the middle of middle of nowhere. Literally I, I the middle yeah, of nowhere, yeah.
0: and I don't think I'd really, I'd ne- I certainly hadn't played in America. I've been to America a couple of times, but I'm not hugely. I've been to Miami, that's a very different vibe. And I remember getting there and being absolutely shell shocked at the fact that there wasn't a single drop of alcohol anywhere on the yeah. premises.
1: Yeah,
0: um, and I think I got to play to twenty very confused looking ravers.
1: <laughs> daylight or whatever <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah um but that was the beginning of my America thing but you'd already been there for a bit and done you know sort of got got yourself a foothold um but that was the first time we met but I realized then later on that there was a whole chunk of things before that that I wasn't really aware of that you'd been involved in um and I thought maybe we'd chat about that for a bit
1: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I go into these things with the minimum of preparation. I just need to flag that. Okay. <laughs> I haven't got a list of questions. Um, cause I kind of want it to go and do whatever it wants to go and do. Yeah. And I, maybe I'll chuck a, uh, one subject in there and then we'll start that as a starting point. Okay. I hadn't, I didn't know at the time when I met you, but obviously realized soon later on that you've been involved with mixed mag in the early days, or hmm. maybe in fact, it's very starting days. Um, and obviously around that kind of time, I would say I was a regular reader of Mixed Bag, but I don't think any of us could afford it. But someone would always have it and we'd sort of share a copy kind of thing. Yeah. And we're desperate to get our stuff in there and our music in there and, you know, get written about. Um, how did you fall into that journalism thing then? Or did you? was that a real something you were really gunning for at the start?
1: Uh, no, I didn't really know I didn't really want to be a a journalist particularly. Um I was I was DJing, I went to be a DJ from really early doors. I was probably eight years old or something on holiday with my parents in Greece. Um and a and a guy came and set up his mobile disco set in the in the in the hotel there. Um and um I was an only child, so um I was kind of yeah, I was a guy. I took an interest in what he was doing, and he kind of helped me, let me help him set up, and and then my parents said, "Yeah, we'll, we'll go to, you know, we'll stay up, we'll go to this disco thing," and that was it. I was I was hooked. And wow. So this was this was um, it's way before DJing. Ever was. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> he, <he's> <laughs> me now, you know, this was you know talking in between the records, and and um and yeah, just a a gem, mobile DJing basically. Um. Um, so a lot of chart music, all, all different kinds of stuff. So, oh yeah, eight or nine, I became obsessed with collecting records and then, um, and then went to, you know, once started at the school, went to junior youth club. So there was a DJ there every Tuesday and a senior youth club on the Friday. And so, but I was really collecting all my pocket money spent on records and every family member's house that I ever went to was pil- pilfering through their, their collections of seven inches to see what I could <laughs> steal or <laughs> borrow. Um, and um, and so, so, yeah, so it was all about the DJ and really. And I joined DMC because um, they were the the only organisation <laughs> yeah. really at that time in the mid 80s that had sort of DJ's backs if you like um they had a you know that you could sign up a subscription service you got a, you got Mag. this was before Mag was available to the public it was um a, a DJ only magazine and you got uh, three pieces of vinyl three 12 inches every month that had exclusive remixes on them that nobody else oh, yeah, could get right. anywhere else um this was and this was pre-remix as well this was you know before remixes really became the thing that everybody had. had So it's sort of
0: supplying kind of, uh, you know, what sort of looking for just kind of real uh, unique content to DJs that you couldn't get anywhere else. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you had, you had versions that nobody else had, which made your sets special. And also they used to do mega mixes as well. So pre DJs really being able to mix and become, became the thing you had, you had versions that you had three or four tracks already pre mixed for you. Um, So, so yeah, so that the mega mix as it was called then, um, so, yeah, so I joined DMC as a, as a, I started work doing, doing the school disco, the junior youth club. My mum and dad bought me some, some, mo, a mobile, you know, double deck thing in a foul, foul yeah. double deck. <laughs> Got myself a rope light and some sirens. <laughs> and I was doing people's birthday parties and the youth club and all that kind of thing. Joined DMC. Um, and And then, yeah, it was. I mean, I haven't told this, this story before, but for for people that haven't haven't heard it of, of your listeners, um, <laughs> I I kind of um, kind of fell into to get myself a job at DMC. I I, I went to the nineteen eighty seven uh, convention, which is DMC used to do a convention every year. All DJs used to meet and get loads of freebies, and it was the way the mixing scratching championships happened. And they had an awards ceremony. It was at the Hippodrome, and eventually at the Royal Albert Hall. They had they ended up moving there. I went to the 1987 convention at the Hippodrome, filled my name and address in on a grand raffle uh, form that was sponsored by Camel Cigarettes and came out of the hat first. and uh, won myself a week in New York at the New Music Seminar in 1987, summer of wow. 1987. Um, so I was 19 um by that point and it was i mean the new music seminar was what miami became you know at the time it was the first sort of dance worldwide dance music convention new york was the epicenter of dance music at the time loads of amazing clubs um i'm absolutely gutted that i didn't go take the opportunity to go to paradise garage because it closed a couple of months later (laughs) but i did go to a lot of those amazing ones and that's that uh, yeah july 87 it would have been i went i went there um and I got on. I, I I got on well with everybody from, from uh, yeah, Tony Christie was there from DMC, mm-hmm. Anderson, uh loads of loads of uh, Jeff Young was there, loads of the industry. Uh, Steve Walsh, I remember, blessing being there. Um, yeah, loads. So hung out with everybody, went to clubbing, went to the convention, all that kind of thing. And on the final day, I went out shopping before I went out to get some souvenirs and stuff. Came uh, came back to the hotel and everybody was studying the foyer. They were all about to just go out for dinner. Uh, and they said, are you going to, do you want to come with us? And I said, oh, I'd, I'd just eaten. I'd just been to McDonald's in Times <laughs> Square. Um, and I thought, I've just eaten. Why, why did I do that? So well, what, what are you doing later? They said, oh, we're going to Nell's um, if, if you want to come there. I said, I'll see you there. I'm waltzed off. Now, I didn't realise that Nell's was the most exclusive, uh, one of the most exclusive, hardest clubs to get into in New York at the time. Um, but I just met the guy who worked on security at the at Nels in the queue at McDonald's in Times Square, <laughs> and he'd given, me, he'd given me his card and said, oh, "You'd seen my pass around my neck yeah. oh, you're from England. You come over for the convention, blah blah." He'd given me his card, so "You should come come to my club with you know." So sure last night, come come down, come uh, come see Nels. Pure twist of fate. Love yeah, but, um, I got so I went down to Nels. Um, <laughs> went in, had a few drinks couple of hours later of hanging out in the club no sign of anybody thought oh, they're not gonna come I'll'll I'll leave went outside they were all stood on the pavement and they couldn't get in <laughs> 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 so having, having had a few having had a few drinks at that point I was like oh, I remember his name was Michael the guy on the door. Michael Michael these are all my friends from England can they can we get these guys in and so yeah Tony Christine and uh, a yeah, load of other load of other industry people from the, from, uh, from the UK um, get, went into Nels thinking, who is that? <laughs> who is that <laughs> um, so two weeks later, I got offered it. Yeah, Tony and Christine, I was working in an advertising agency in Leeds at the time. So Christine ran me up and said, I don't really know what it is we want you to do, <clears throat> but we'd be interested in you if you want to come work for us at DMC, which was my yeah. ultimate thing really, I could possibly get at that time. So. I halved my salary, left home, <laughs> and went to be a tea boy. My mum and dad were not particularly enamoured with the idea of giving up my my, my promising career in advertising. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went, went and uh, and ended up uh, shacking up um, again a room. Chad Chad Jackson and and Rob Manley were uh, shared a house in in the in the. Chalvi and Slough, which is not the most salubrious variant. <laughs> and I had the other room and um and that was it. I was in the yeah, dropped in the deep end. It was ninety October nineteen eighty seven. It couldn't have been any better timing to arrive in London just as Mars and Essex. No, West right. And Colcut had all just gate crashed the top ten with with DJ records, sample records. Um and uh yeah, I was went right into the eye of the setup, Amazing. Yeah so yeah the journalist thing going back to the original question there was purely by accident because i didn't know what i was going to do i ended up doing no. a few reviews there was a, you know well i was doing a bit of all sorts i was learning some stuff in the stu- great thing about dmc is they had studios they had a merchandise warehouse thing they had a magazine they had uh, events going on all the time you learn kind of a bit of everything of what the what the industry did um, in the, in the place which was you know the dj the DJ company, the DJ editor yeah. of everything, really um, started doing a few reviews. After a few months, the uh, editor left um, in a bit of a uh, um, bit of a whirlwind. So, Lena decided he wanted to leave and left quite quickly. So, I was kind of dropped in the deep end. Well, can you 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 know you can you, you sort of do that for a bit. You whirlwind. know what you're doing. Get in there. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. DIMC, laughs> which it was brilliant. I mean, it never <laughs> happened in these days, but uh, yeah, that was the beauty of DMC. They did. know go 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 do it go run with it while we try to figure out what on earth we're doing uh and i sort of did the magazine well not on my own but with help from dan prince uh, son who still does dmc to this day was yeah just in his final year at school so he kind of helped me out and, and gab as well his sister and and we all kind of just pulled the magazine together and and then they interviewed a few people and after another month of us pulling the magazine together tony said why don't you just run with it? We haven't found somebody we think could be, you know. As as in, you know, I was working all hours. Godsend was my yeah, dream, so I'd literally wake up, go to the office, and and asleep there a lot of the time. You yeah, know, I didn't want to be yeah. anywhere else. It was you know, no, it was... well, that's
0: absolutely yeah. <laughs> um, How long were so you doing that for then?
1: I did that for three years, uh, eighty-eight to ninety-one, um, really? uh, and a during and alongside that, obviously, we, I was going out a lot it was you know the absolute start of everything in terms of rave culture um so going out was part a big part of it and then coming back and writing about it and um, as as it became apparent that that mixed mag could be a public magazine because there wasn't this whole movement was growing into something far bigger than we ever ever imagined um i was also going out with making contacts with everybody in terms of DJing. Uh, so the guy who was my photographer at Mag Gary McLaren, started Shelley's in Stoke. Um, Sasha so only wanted to do three weeks out of every four. And so he asked me if I'd do the other week. So my first real gig in a nightclub was at Shelley's. Monthly residency <laughs> at, at Shelley's. <laughs> yeah, right in the deep end again. Because uh, I'd kind of stopped DJing when I moved, moved down to, to London because I was just... I was too busy to do that and uh, you know the magazine was all consuming um but then I then I got off of a and it was yeah I could yeah I'd love to do that one week every month so as that started taking off and Steve Anderson arrived at DMC about a year after I I did working out the studios and we hit it off um and so he was coming and maybe doing some writing for me for the magazine and I was going down in the studios and and started making some music with him uh, and Brothers in Rhythm took off so over the course of eighty-eight to ninety-one, my time it was becoming more and more difficult to to start de- DJing. Was taking off, music making was taking off, the magazine was taking off. I, something had to give, and um, so going back to de- DJing was what I ended up. Yeah, with. and absolutely. Uh, and Dom Phillips, actually, one of your uh, Bristol yeah, yeah, boys. Um, we got yep. Dom in and David Davis, um, who, was, who was they were both writing for us. Nick Gordon Brown was drift drafted Nick Gordon Brown in front to be my assistant editor. And and yeah, so we both left because stress as well kind of happened by accident, uh record. Oh Yeah of course. Yeah. So so that was we had a couple of records that we wanted to put out. Again, DMC made records every month, every month they had they knew how to do all that. They had they had access to all the record shops because we were doing Mix Mag update. Um, so it kind of naturally just thought oh, we put we put out a couple of records and thought, oh, we could actually start a label here. So so Nick and I started stress. Steve and I started Brothers in Rhythm. I started DJing and David and Don were kind of drafted in to take Mixed Mag up to another level, which is good because, you know, me, Steve and Nick and I didn't really have any formal training as journalists. We just had energy and enthusiasm in abundance and, and got it to a certain level where we launched it to the public. And did all the groundwork, and then somebody who had more journalistic training and and better pro- probably better business now <laughs> than we had as well took it and you know took it on to the next level as the as the as the nineties progressed. Obviously, yeah, just went stratospheric. Yeah, absolutely. That's an awful lot to pack into about three years, isn't it? It was. It was crazy, crazy, crazy <laughs> times. Uh But I mean, you know, it was everything that I, I, I'd dreamed of. You know, um, yeah, that I lived for. I don't think any of us. Um, you know really foresaw you know 30 years let down the line and more 35 years down the line yeah. that we still be here doing this you know like no. previously um youth youth culture movements which the UK was very very good at it's one of our best exports um you know punk or new romanticism or or um football hooliganism even <laughs> <laughs> um you know the acid casual or the casual rather and then and then acid house came along Mods and rockers and everything that we'd we'd exported around the world previously had a shelf life of about five years, really. Once the fashion died, the scene kind of, not necessarily died, went very, very underground and very Manichean, kind of disappeared. Something else came along. So I think maybe in the back of all of our minds, we had five years to go for it. Yeah. So literally packed as much in as possible. And it wasn't difficult because everything was just, you know, it was just exploding around. Yeah. It, wasn't,
0: it was just so much stuff, wasn't there? Yeah. It was just, yeah, very um, fertile time.
1: Yeah. So amazing, amazing time to be right, as I said before, in the eye of the yeah. storm. Um, so,
0: yeah. Amazing. I mean, it's phenomenal, really, because there was, it was such an explosion. And you're right, there was that feeling that, oh, it'll be over soon. But as you say, 35 years later, it's still evolving. The scene's still changing and, and there's still different territories and what I can gather cropping up and it's just, there's always new stuff going on in this territory happening and suddenly there's something going on here and sounds changing and evolving and one sound would be super locked into a certain territory. Then suddenly that would just change. and there's no real way of understanding why, but it just, you know,
1: yeah. Ever changing, yeah. That's why it never gets boring, I think. Uh, and technology, obviously, there is so many new th- new platforms, new things to learn, digital market marketing, and all of yeah, stuff, yeah, you know, yeah. stuff that I never got into DJing for. But it's all part of the um, part of the you know the the, the game now, and it's you're yeah. continually learning and continually. Oh gosh, we we need to do that now, we need to do that.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, so yeah, it never it never really becomes comes boring. The minute you think you've got it sorted, is obviously the minute that you
0: it's, you it's st- over. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: yeah, you put your feet up for three seconds, and yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and somebody oh, will be we'll in the back. Door, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Which is uh, it's pros and cons, but yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, there's probably Definitely. a lot of injury, a, a, a lot of um, industries where after 35 years in the game, you're probably doing it with your eyes closed and on cruise yeah. control, and it must be a, you know you get a little bit be bored of it um, this is not one of those that, no this is our industry is certainly not one of those you never get no. to be bored with it
0: And then the, on the Brothers and Rhythm situation, I mean, that just went
1: stratospheric for you, didn't it? It did, yeah. Yeah, and again, t- 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 there was a lot of in at the deep end moments for us. Um, we, yeah, we made, made a couple of records, early doors, um, Peace and Harmony. I was going to the Hacienda every week and every Friday to watch Graham and Mike, or listen to Graham and Mike. Um, so I made Peace and Harmony with Steve for that dance floor, particularly. That got signed to to Ireland records straight away, yeah um, and didn't didn't do as well as we thought, but we then after the uh, has closed, started doing Shelley's made such a good feeling for the Shelley's dance floor, and that one did did blow up in nineteen ninety one just as rave culture really was crossing over into the charts mm. um, we had a couple of other things, Sabrina Johnson piece in the valley went top ten. Oh yeah, uh, um, and then and then off the back of that, Chris Lowe from the Pet Shop Boys invited us to go and do a remix for them. So we were in Psalm Studios in Trevor Horn Studios. having made about four records. <laughs> like talk about, talk about chances, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know yeah, we do. Yeah, we do that. Yeah, yeah. No what does that yeah. do? Well, don't touch that. <laughs> so um, again, writing at the deep end, made a remix for them. They loved it. And then we were invited to go and co-produce with them. We ended, I mean, again, eternally grateful for for Neil and Chris trusting in, in us. Um, we were co-producing and we did Was It Worth It and DJ Culture, and then we did go west. Um as
0: you done those. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, go west with them. Um and then of course, off the back of that, then it all and then you know you'd worked with the pet shop boys and you were working at Assam and it, it just it yeah. just exploded I, fi- I found an old fax through which um going through that was one of the other things covid did it allowed us to all go through all the boxes in the loft right <laughs> <laughs> i found an old filofax with all my my yearly planners from 1992 onwards so we're 30, it's kind of 30 years ago and like yeah just a michael jackson remix came in which was kind of unheard of at the time wow. um and then it was Janet Jackson, and 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 then it, and then it was yeah, it, it all it was all, one after another after another. You know, by the time we were working on David Bowie and New Order, and and it was just silly, really. I mean, we just thinking this is, this is crazy. But of course, you just you know you're in, in the thick of it. You're not even you're just concentrating on right. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? I'm yeah, gonna yeah. This weekend, yeah, gigs absolutely. Were getting, gigs were getting bigger and better. The UK was getting, you know, I, you know, at the time, every every little town in the country was starting to have an Acid House night, you know. Um, uh, so it was juggling, you know, sometimes doing two, three gigs on a Friday, two, three gigs on a Saturday, recovering on a Sunday uh, and starting to get on Monday morning and into the studio, into DMC, into working the record label and just... Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just so exciting, really. Yeah, uh, you, you're, The enthusiasm, you never really had time to be tired or, or kind of, because there was always sort of something new and exciting. Yeah, that yeah. day, that every day held a new, a new exciting. When you're
0: young, you just don't get tired, do you? You just crack no. on. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, just,
1: yeah, just kept yeah. on cracking on. I mean, I was in my early 20s, so. Yeah, peak time. <laughs> fitness yeah doing everything that i particularly wanted to do so uh yeah that was it bring it on
0: yeah amazing i mean that's phenomenal to have held that together for that period of time and to have evolved and and nick's the same for me and there's a couple of you that have managed to just move with the times just before the times change yeah so that you know there's always a relevancy there and there's always a kind of you know people know they can rely on you to go and do whatever, you know, go and do the
1: job. It's yeah. phenomenal. It's really good. Yeah. I mean, this yeah, there's obviously like, it's, it's been a long process now with, as you say, 35 yeah. years in and there's yeah. been ups and downs and there was times, yeah, times sort of as the, there's the prog thing became massive around the millennium, end of the millennium and into the early noughties, mid noughties was, all of a sudden, prog was a dirty word and you'd been tarred with that. Yeah, with that it was that Yeah, it was really like, yeah, so trying to... Uh, but it was, yeah, you were tarred with the bush. It wasn't like, I remember talking with Nick about this, it wasn't like we were playing... Um, old prog records we were playing a lot of the stuff that a lot of the new guys that were coming through were playing but because they were the new guys and they distanced yeah. themselves from that prog word yeah. and prog was everything we were everything that prog was yeah. um, you know you had to we had to ride that wave a little bit and and prove that we had, had a bit more you know going on really then it wasn't it wasn't just one particular sound and, and prog was always kind of a more than a genre for me it was always more of a spirit you know we played we'd start off with you know maybe stuff that was more housey Tanaglia like and then go through the breaks that timo was doing and yeah and like you know and and put something sasha and john was doing or whatever and then up to slam or you know christian smith it would go yeah. to techno the whole journey was yeah. part of the yeah. thing so it was never really one about the genre but yeah it, it, there's, there's definitely been ups and downs but um but now i think you're almost at that point now where you've you, been up and down so much that you now kind of you, you can just sort of be up there and 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 do your thing people know you yeah. for what you are and and kind of yeah. respect that and there's enough people out there that like what you do yeah you know, there's stuff for you to do you know you could it was there was a point where you started to think oh god are we the yesterday's men and then it went from yesterday's men to the legends of, <laughs> of, of whatever it's always that period absolutely And that's a lot of yeah. acts though doesn't it yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah.
0: And then there's,
1: there's, there's yeah. people do appreciate you for everything that you've done before yeah. um so yeah. so yeah it's been a yeah with hope great.
0: recordings i always people would try to get me to you know when the hope thing really blew up and the start that was you know it had its lovely little peak time for me, the definition of prog was always, you could always define it by what it wasn't rather than what it was.
1: <coughs> yeah.
0: You know? You can never yeah. play it in a straight techno club. You can never play it in a straight house club. You can never yeah. play it in a straight breaks club. Yeah. But you could use all those elements and play it somewhere else.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely.
0: Uh, and certainly as it was sort of tailing off a bit in the UK, the US thing, when that happened, it was suddenly a whole new, whole new lease of life for three or four years, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah, absolutely.
1: And obviously, all the different countries were at different stages in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, in their progression. Yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah, So there was somewhere for us to to keep going with. Um, but yeah, so yeah, as we have already said, thirty five years on, and here we still are. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Not Amazing. sure What else I would do at this point? I, that was a, always a thing through through COVID. I'm sure everybody had a little those little reflective yeah in terms of. Well, what am I doing here? Is this, do, should I be doing something else? Is yeah. Is there anything else I can do? Did you come up with any possibles? <laughs> um, not really, no. <laughs> not <to laughs> <what it is. laughs> um, no, I mean, I would always I'd probably end up in, in the industry somehow, maybe not yeah. less, less so as an artist and more so running, you know, as you, like you have with management or, or with more doing more and more stuff on the label. It allowed us like, just t- more time to spend on the label, which, there's always another, another thing that you're always trying to, it's always plate spinning, isn't it? You just yeah. never quite got enough time to do, to do everything. And so, so yeah, it gave us a little bit more time on that. Um, and, and setting up the, the Celidoria thing, the, the live events and getting that underway. But yeah, I mean, uh, Jess said to me, so what, what, you know, what if we can't go back for ages, you know, what is it you're going to do? Um, <laughs> I really? Yeah. Where, where do you start at this point?
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. You didn't try anything out? You didn't go down a couple of blind alleys just to see whether you were, in fact, uh...
1: no. I mean, I, there was always it was always connect, connected back to what we were to DJ. Yeah, okay. and so, there yeah. was lots of lots of opportunities to try different things out, you know, with the whole streaming thing and lots of different platforms and and the different ways now that we you know that we engage with fans and you know the the direct to fan models and all look, there was lots and lots of stuff to learn but it all directed back at the to the at the end at the end of the day i knew it, it even if it was going to be 2 or 3 years down the line uh, that it would come back uh, although it get back been, on the horse yeah it although it has been slightly strange coming uh, it's not quite as been as fast and frenetic and in you know, at the deep end as i thought it might be for a lot of a lot of places a lot of countries and I think there's still a tre- bit of trepidation out there of people coming out, but they are slow. I think everybody fell into the habit of not going out as well. It was it's a habitual thing. I think. Yeah. I think we, as a family, we were sat here in in the Easter holidays uh, when the kids were <laughs> up a few weeks ago, and everybody was on their Xbox and we were watching Netflix and they you know, we could go out now. We, could, <laughs> <laughs> we are allowed so, out again. Yeah, so we have We just, just Got into the habit of just doing yeah. stuff at home. Yeah. And I think it, uh, people have got to get back out of that habit again. But it, yeah, it got, of course, it will happen.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of promoters who are really struggling at the minute. Yeah, despite very good lineups and everything else.
1: Yeah,
0: Um and I think a lot is down to age groups as well, isn't it? I think if you've got a teenage audience, you're probably flying. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, other stuff's a bit of a trick. Yeah, generally, Absolutely. I've certainly seen that across the board with some of our clients who normally sell really well, and it's just yeah. not quite. And then things will sell out last minute as well, because there is the whole logic of putting stuff on sale and getting it sold out really quickly. And now it's just a little chug every week, yeah. yeah, more yeah. tickets, more tickets. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a confusing time. It is. Sure. Yeah, I've got any less confusing, but we are allowed out, so that's a plus. That is plus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just got to remember that we are allowed out, and we need to go. Yeah, <laughs> we mustn't
0: forget. Mustn't forget. Yeah, and I hear that.
1: The family all right all good yeah just time flies that was of course one of the one of the great bits of, about yeah having a couple of years off to spend a bit more time at home and not
0: because you know, my boys are about the same age as yours I think we yeah. kind of did them in parallel as it were unintentionally of course but yeah. um it was amazing to spend all that time with them it was yeah phenomenal and probably like you I just hadn't spent that much time at home ever yeah it's brilliant
1: yeah there was definitely positives there in fact we were we, we remember when we first hooked up with our other halves we both met at pancall out.
0: Yes, uh, no, I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realise you just you just hooked up with Jess at that time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean talk about bumping into each other in the yeah. middle of nowhere. That
0: was like a pre-children disposable income.
1: Yeah. Moment. Yeah, you <laughs> could get a gigall <laughs> and umper and then what should we do? We might as well have a week off after that. we nice no Get home, is there?
0: <laughs> I saw you running across the uh they had those uh like wooden paths and they into the house yeah, and you're running there yeah. with a cup of tea or a pot of tea or something weren't you
1: yeah <laughs> it's like no you're not here eh? <laughs> yeah bizarre yeah, times. bizarre
0: yeah and like you Kate was able to go full-time when everything happened yeah so that you know and then I experimented a bit with um you know Bit of bread baking and a bit of teaching, yeah. uh, and the allotment looked amazing and stuff like that. But then after a few months, I realised it felt like semi-retirement. I didn't like it very much, so yeah, um, yeah, pivoted back into you know.
1: I had a I had I, I yeah a record uh vinyl collection was the thing that allowed me that's what kept me going uh, it was the first time you I did a load it. of
0: organizing and sorting didn't you i believe i
1: did it took and it was you know a massive job It took me the best part of a year i had everything in boxes in the garage moving from house to house and touched any of them so finally got a chance to take, get them all out box by box go through decide what i wanted decide what i was you know going to keep and decide what i was willing to let go and and also go through and sample everything so it was it wasn't a case of just that like that it was like i'd like to listen to every single one. wow and, yeah. yeah
0: fair enough so yeah. it was a
1: part of a year but i got rid of about four thousand in the end and kept six thousand. so i've just got a wall basically as you can see there uh, just Brilliant. To fill the wall fill the wall up um so that was yeah that was um, that was really cathartic it was really good yeah. every record holds a memory you know as you yeah. <clears throat> as you well know and um And it also provided a bit of income. um, Yeah. uh, And uh, so, you
0: know, if uh, I was around your house, we had a couple of beers and I said, "Oh, have you got the white label of the 1993 release on XYZ records? You'd know where it was. Would you go, it's just the peer actually. It's just, yeah. 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 I've kind of got
1: it sorted again now. Unfortunately, well, so unfortunately it's got, I've now got back into the vinyl buying (laughs) game. Rekindled uh, my, uh, my uh, love of, of record collecting. So I've started buying again, but um but yeah, that was that was a, a lovely thing through 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 lockdown as well to be able yeah. to get all that done and all that sorted and inspiration and as it as I say cathartic and an income and, and 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 you know for, yeah
0: for, for everything. I imagine discogs did quite well over that lockdown period.
1: They did, yeah. I I, I worked <laughs> together with Pete Bromley at Golden Groove because he that you know he lo- knows it back to front yeah. that whole thing and. So I did a, he, he did it with me and, and and took them all away and sold them all and did all that side of it. And he, and he did say to me, you know, we were just really lucky. It was like a perfect storm. You had the time to go through it all. I, I, the shop was closed for me, so I couldn't, couldn't go in. And we also had a captive audience all sat <laughs> at home, so I'm disc- just <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so we, we did really well out of it, yeah.
0: Yeah, we had a year and a half in the office with Nick's record collection here doing a similar thing.
1: Yeah. And... um yeah. yeah it's a yeah. long a long process but if, but you know yeah and it, it would never have happened unless it we... Never happened it never happened
0: otherwise would yeah. it yeah no, absolutely not. So yeah. it
1: was it was uh, it was good yeah. for that for that yeah. that for
0: sure I had to stop myself going home with half a mixed record collection, I realized that yeah. wasn't the point,
1: yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I had to be quite ruthless. do I really need that you know like do I, no i don't yeah I wanted to, I wanted everything that was on the wall to be an absolute you know yeah classic or something that really meant something to me personally so uh, I, could, I could probably go pill for three a few or four you know it's an ongoing process. Now. Yeah it's not it's not it doesn't reach a finite end it's is it? No. So um but yeah yeah all yeah all good with, with that and the yeah the kids are um yeah it won't be long before they're all gone. It's um well certainly the the old two. Yeah they'll be flying in the next, I oh, will be off to to uni in a couple of years. So I don't know where wow, I'll, Okay. went. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. That's nice. So the uh, labels how long's the label running for now, Celador? Because that's been running for a good
1: long time now, isn't it? Uh we've just celebrated nine years, ninth anniversary wow, was that's pretty uh, good. Was a couple of months ago, so ending to the tenth anniversary. Uh up in March next year. So lots of plans, plans for that. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to expand um you know we're like, like next on with sound really you know and and um and there's there's loads of other brands like that as well that have made the label you know a, a live events thing so because there's you know as we as we well know there's not lots of uh money in the music side of things anymore no. it's more of a live side of things and to be able to take the roster out and do live events um yeah, that, that's kind of I'd like, you know, then, and it gets to the point where necessarily I wouldn't have to go and DJ every single one. I could yeah, be, you know, yeah. could be other people going and doing the, doing the, doing it for days. you. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be the, the long term goal. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, the label is <laughs> much harder and harder work all the time for yeah. less and less money, it seems. So there has to be that live, live side of things to, to make it all.
0: Do you get involved with Bandcamp at all? That kind of thing?
1: Yeah, yeah, we set up yeah. bank That was another thing that we did through, through lockdown. Um, so yeah, and doing more physical stuff. You know, doing doing some vinyl now, and doing a lot more merch, and just um, just expanding the the different um, revenue streams. Really trying to to widen it out from from being a beatport MP3 download label, which you know is was probably a limited limited thing on anyway. How many how many more years are people going to be downloading MP3s? So. Um,
0: yeah, it's all about knowing who your audience are, who your consumers are, and and, and yeah. um, that's easier yeah. said than done. But that's definitely the trick, you know.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, and then and then servicing them, yeah, with with with, yeah. with, with what they want, yeah. Exactly and this, right. That's why this director fan thing as well is another interesting, yeah. interesting thing. Um, yeah, we're, we're, I mean, I did it with when we launched Cellador with with um, Kickstarter with you know did the Kickstarter CD through through. You know, uh, through Facebook, really. That was through Facebook. Which oh, was I hadn't really realised
0: you'd done that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we
1: did a mix CDs, um, uh, crowdfunded, which was the sell it Oil Sessions. It was the first thing we did as a label. So, um, yeah, opening up that, um, yeah, even if you're a little niche market, if you if you only got a, um, you know. 1,000 people uh, that are around the world that are willing to spend 100, 100 quid a year or even. Yeah, well, that's, that's
0: a... Yeah, and everything's in each yeah. market nowadays. Yeah. You know, everything's in each market. Yeah, so... And, uh, even the biggest names. Yeah. You know, it's so many people who don't, just aren't, you know, they're not being spoken to or have their own little thing going on. And yeah. I mean, hope still exists, but I haven't really done anything with it for years. And Nick signed something that came out last year and that's the last thing that happened. And I keep thinking, because I didn't get into... This to be a manager i got into this to run a label but yeah. become a manager over 20 years yeah so i still have a label but i still haven't really got the time to do anything with it but maybe one yeah. day that's
1: yeah yeah it's, it's like for you to, to to try to just do run the label and try and make money out of streaming yeah. and, uh, i mean it's not easy yeah it's, it's not a lot of money in that and it costs deal.
0: a lot that's the point it's a very expensive yeah. business really expensive
1: yeah. yeah you have to be um, investing into it to keep yeah. on growing growing all the different platforms yeah. and it is a multi-platform thing and it's very time consuming yeah. we're into into that uh, that stage aren't we now where where we're doing all the work for, for you know, like it's like you're yeah we'll give you this platform you pay us to for us to put it on that platform and you generate all the content and yeah. then and then load it up so that, so they're actually doing <laughs> nothing they're just taking the money from us and this yeah. is this is you know this is life uh, this has happened so much on yeah. so many different levels you Know whether it's you know your bank or or yeah. whatever you know you're, you're doing, you know, you're doing it all. We're doing everything, I'm paying for the privilege to do everything. There was this, this shift there in that you know, digital age that we're all kind of slaves to that now. Um, and it's like, well, actually, I'm paying, can somebody not do that for me? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so for that, yeah, allocating time, um, with what's important, and as you say, Bandcamp is. At least Bandcamp, we're making a decent um,
0: yeah
1: uh, cut of it, and they're not—they're only taking. Yeah, if Bank you've got Camp. a demographic
0: that are aware of Bandcamp, if yeah. you haven't, then obviously it's just the hiding into nothing. But yeah. if the if the if their awareness is there, then um, although I don't know what's going to happen to Bandcamp now—they've been bought—but um, just that that feel of having like a closed community that you can speak to and yeah. self things to, and you know, and build a little world with is um, feels a lot more rewarding than yeah, you know, fifty thousand yeah. Spotify streams and that.
1: Yeah, which you know, still trying to get to the bottom of how Spotify works. <laughs> that's uh, that's well, I remember the
0: good old days that. of Spotify when none of the major labels uh had deals with them and they all thought it was a really bad thing, and then it was really <laughs> quite easy launching independent acts through Spotify. Yeah, but that's obviously long gone now. Yeah, um, yeah. and so you've know, got, you you got plans
1: to, to do more stuff with Hope, then or is it
0: well, is... Yeah, like it's there, I haven't shut it down, uh, yeah. but I'm just not doing anything. But at some point, I'd love to. Yeah. Actually have the time to work out what I want to do with it. Yeah. And I don't and I stopped A and Ring it when I stopped DJing, so that's like two thousand and five or something. And then Nick took it over and then Soundgarden happened. So he was then signing for both and then the Soundgarden yeah. thing took priority quite rightly so.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't think I'd want to sign dance music basically because I don't go to clubs particularly. Yeah. yeah. Um uh, so I'd want to do something else with it, but I haven't really thought it through. You know. yeah. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about doing a uh, London Philharmonic, plays uh, Castle Morton's top 10 greatest hits.
1: Oh, yeah. We'll yeah. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> hey, this, listen, that's, that's a that big thing. You know, the, I mean, it's the lush classical thing, we've been selling out the arena 10,000. It's amazing. I mean, yeah. it. the, yeah. the whole idea of, for I think, people who went clubbing in the 90s, don't really feel comfortable going to a, a nightclub anymore, really. No. Um, and you know, and as you say, why said, does don't... no one
0: build nightclubs for people who don't feel? Comfortable. Why can't nightclubs start at four in the afternoon and finish at ten at night and well, have lots well, of sofas? That's
1: why daytime clubbing is becoming such a yeah. such, so much yeah. more of a thing now. And these these events where you're listening to all your favourite tracks but played live, which you've never, ever experienced before because these yeah. these tracks were made by bedroom producers or whatever. There's yeah. never a live element. So are hearing it, you know, almost like these tracks on steroids, 60-piece orchestra playing them, so emotional. And, yeah. And then you, and then it's, you know, in an arena where you feel more comfortable, like you'd go watch any band that you were ever, all over and done with by 11 o'clock, in, in, you know, back for the babysitter. Yeah. Charles Happy done, yeah, yeah exactly. I right, I wonder they're so popular.
0: Um, yeah, so. I, you know, certainly, is any anything played with an orchestra sounds 10 times as good as it, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, you get the talent, uh, it may so have done powerful. at the start, so yeah, powerful. Powerful. yeah definitely. So, um, so yeah, I can see that Castle Martin's top ten, great, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that would be.
0: Actually, I need to go do some research. I was there, but I don't remember anything being played.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And are you still doing stuff with Red Light? Then you still, yeah, absolutely, yeah, 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 Yeah.
0: absolutely, yeah. I'm sat in our very empty office. None of my staff want to come back. They're all working from home. But yeah, yeah, I'm in here, and um, most of my clients live in LA, and I'm off on Thursday actually, Um, and. So uh, uh well, i still look after a guy called ryax okay uh who's I've worked with for about nine years now who yeah. um does really well um and i've got a new artist on to of called sandriati and we still handle bonobo here and jordan rakai okay um yes yeah, so i know we're, we're yeah we're, we're in a happy place definitely yeah. um yeah and, whatever, uh,
1: whatever album and J- Jordan Rakaio they've been making some amazing music
0: yeah phenomenal yeah. we had Jordan at Brixton last week two weeks ago that was amazing wow. to see that um, yeah, yeah. No, it's brilliant it's very good um, I don't feel like I really know what what's happening in clubs anymore particularly don't feel qualified yeah. to, to make that make that call so yeah. um, I'd want to do some of the hit recordings but who knows who knows what you know it's been through lots of evolutions in its time yeah uh, yeah I remember. Just remember the good old days of um getting a dap taking down and talking cutting some lacquers yeah having a pint getting the train <laughs> up to London dropping the lacquers off having a pint getting <laughs> a check three much later then doing it again like, oh, well, that's <laughs> <simple>. <laughs> <laughs> this is my new job <laughs> yeah yeah the good old days <laughs> <laughs> um but that did not last obviously um uh but yeah so you know there's a lot of evolution and we Started out as a label and then just became managers quite quickly, um, with Timo and it just kept evolving from there.
1: Yeah, Timo seems to be back doing a lot of stuff again. He seems to be, I seems to be back on my radar anyway. Yeah, he's
0: he is back. Yeah, he's um, he's blocked me on Instagram, so oh, I, really? I don't know what he's up to, unfortunately. And okay. uh, we were we sort of loosened, we didn't fall out, we didn't really talk for a long time. Uh, and then we started following each other on Instagram and chatted a bit, but then he he's blocked me and I'm not. Not sure why. So I don't yeah, but he seems to be I'm, I'm pleased for him. He needs to, you know. Yeah. He needs to be back in the in that world. And um uh, you know, I hope it really works out for him. And I still have quite a lot of contact with Martin Buttrish. I still work with him. Yeah. Um obviously him and Martin were were the sort of key partnership at that time. Yeah. Um
1: He's got Stones Auto Stone Stone Pilot.
0: Autopilot, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. I've got a
0: vinyl of that. If you'd like it, I'll pop it in the post you. It's lovely. Yeah, yeah, that double a good album, yeah, book. really nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. Ping your address, I'll send one over to you. Um, so that album's coming out relatively soon. Uh, I think just after the summer. Yeah, yeah, very good. But he lives in Hollywood now. He's got a studio up there that he's designed with a bunch of people and just a load of mixing and production and stuff and that kind of thing.
1: Right.
0: But we did the deal, and I, for a whole bunch of reasons, didn't want to move to LA at the time. Yeah. Uh, and actually, it's worked out quite well.
1: Yeah. So you're That's still in good. still in Bristol. We're still in <laughs> Bristol, mate. yeah Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, you know, the, the the thing about being in Bristol is you've got to be away a lot, but that's fine. It's a good place to come back to. Yeah. Not sure whether I'd be ready to bring kids up in LA, quite frankly.
1: Yeah, um, likewise. Well, likewise, we there was a moment when we sold our house. We were actually in LA um, when we sold our house, and it was just as the 2008 crash had happened. So there was a lot of a lot of you know property were sort of being auctioned off cheap, and the 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 idea did cross our. You sold your house in the UK. Build a house in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we were away at the time, and we were away with the kids in LA <laughs> on tour there for three weeks. And, but we got the, the you know, def- yeah, you definitely sold it, and it, so we did go around and have a look at a few places. But yeah, the idea of bringing kids up there was in the end. Um, it's pretty real. Yeah, and and yeah and uh john graham was living over there and you know yeah. and ali was, was 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 over there and they, they came back for the same reason it's yeah, it's, it's a bit hectic there for two. yeah
0: um, I mean, it's great for business but it's not much use for anything else of that yeah time. um so. uh yeah no yeah. um good glad i did thank you man for your time and your you're energy.
1: welcome Do you get enough stuff do you need yeah
0: yeah i'll do a little edit i'll send it over to you for approval yeah uh, in fact i am flying to la on thursday so i'll probably do it on the plane okay and um you know if you think of anything else you'd like to add a will happy to chat yeah brilliant and i'll keep you posted well yeah
1: likewise if, you, if there's anything that you want to expand on or whatever no worries
0: yeah easy enough to do this this in it yeah it's lovely and no, i really appreciate you taking the time man
1: and so, hopefully i'll see you in real at some okay. point say again
0: hopefully i'll see you in real at some point yeah absolutely yeah do you have maybe. a djing down the southwest or coming down for anything or you at Glastonbury yeah. or
1: anything not this year no i was meant to be doing it um with yeah because i had i was meant to be doing 2020 and then yeah. i got stopped but I, I was chatting with biff and he pointed you know, bumping it to next year and it was like yeah um, that's fair enough. after this for so many years yeah i'm sure i'll get to the actual week and i'll be no damn why did i say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah right, it's always the way yeah because uh, i haven't actually really got any plans
0: uh, but then you get about a week before, and you're like, "Oh shit! I really, I should, I need to go. I need to go. I need to go." And then you're like yeah. running around trying to, "Who could I get a pass off? Who could I do this with?" Is true? Um yeah. for that,
1: and I'll send you. I'll send you my address. I'd love to get that stuff. Yeah, send
0: the address. I've got a
1: vinyl right here. I can stick it
0: in the yeah. post for you this week. Yeah, no worries, Brilliant. mate. Yeah, Brilliant. my pleasure. Thank you All very right. much. All you're
1: welcome, much. mate. Welcome. Let's keep in touch. I like Yeah, let's keep more. in touch.
0: Lovely uh, to speak to you, and I'll send you a little edit when it's done. Perfect. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, mate. All see, the you best. You. All All right,
1: see you. best. All right. Cheers. Bye. Bye.